Blog Talk Radio. Well, good afternoon. Here we are back at the K Factor, where K equals kindness, and the factors are all the things that lead to it. And this is your host, Dr. Deb Carlin, and I'm sitting here with my co-host, Mr. Ron Williams. Good afternoon, Ron. Hi, Deb. How are you? I'm pretty spectacular <laughs> today. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, we've been talking a lot lately. It's been quite fun. Yeah, it's really been a lot of fun. Friends, I want to tell you something. This uh, this conversation that Ron and I have been having for a while is now turning into a daily show because we really want to take action. And I don't know that we've got the exact name of the show yet, but but here's what, you know, you're seeing us on, on Zoom and YouTube, but I'm also recording this on Blog Talk Radio. So um, we've got today a show i'm going to read to you what i wrote for the lineup of the show it's called you matter freedom matters freedom matters you matter more now than ever we need to be productive in our careers and our personal lives in 2020 there's been distractions that is simply overwhelming which leads to fear anxiety anger feelings of hopelessness and genuine depression. Sincerely committed to wellness that is authentic, Ron Williams and Dr. Deb Carlin have come together to take healthy action. Join us. Oh, I like it. Welcome. So this for us is seriously drop dead serious because what we said on the show yesterday and Ron articulated what runs through my heart. How do you want to live and how do you want to die? Do you want to die on the couch, giving up, being afraid, having to look your beloveds, your children, whoever, in the eye and say, yeah, well, yeah, I just couldn't do it. Or, well, even though they'll say you died of coronavirus, the truth is you died of fear. Yeah. That's a problem. Yes, yeah. it is a problem. That is a problem. And what we are here to do, not to have that opening introduction that I read, uh bum you out. It is it is a call to action. It is a call into dialogue, into conversation that is productive because we are Americans. We are smart. We love our country and we love our freedoms and we matter. We all matter. Yeah, I love the idea that, that truth matters, uh, freedom matters, you matter, I matter, I am the news, you are the news, yeah. we research our own things, we're no longer going to just file into what's been happening around us. And I think what's what I've noticed, Deb, and what I've been kind of processing since our show yesterday was how the American population has been, uh, you know, shorter, fatter, dumber, number, muted. Uh, we live in this fast food, lunchable era of foodless foods and lifeless drinks. Yes. Our, children, our children think they're health nuts when it says 10% juice on their candy. And when it's fruit, it's fruit loops. You know, right. it's apple jacks, you know, it's crunch berries. <laughs> and, you know, we're the sickest generation ever, yeah. the heaviest generation ever, and the first generation that could outlive our children. Yes. And then, then you couple that, Deb, with... Um, 
you know, the idea that pharmaceutical drugs, you know, we're one of two nations that allows advertising for these drugs. And when you watch them, they're just, they're, hip, they're hypnotic, you know. Yeah. I would say pay close attention because as soon as the puppies come out, they're going to list all the side effects, which right. will worsen the disease itself. But folks, you know, think about it. Here we are, 4.8% of the global population here in America, but yet we consume up to 90% of the opiates supply worldwide. So you couple a poor diet, you know, a hefty generation, a muted soul, you throw in some medication there in the name of practicing, you know, this, that, or the other, uh, the word that's missing is play, you know, because when I drive around and I see, go through these small towns and I see what's going on and you're like, what do these people do for a living? Everything is old and, you know, and it's beautiful. Nothing like small town blue collar love, by the way. I love but, but I'm always perplexed at how these people survive. And as I'm going through the city, you see the old diner, you see the mechanic shop, you see the gas and go station. But then all of a sudden, off in the horizon, you see a seven-story, you know, $8 million building. And you're like, whoa, somebody's crushing it in this little town. And you get closer, only to discover it's a hospital. And in that little town, you're either a patient or an employee. And it's going on all around us. So the word that's missing is not practice, because they're telling the truth. Medi- look, medicine has a lot of beautiful things, and blood panel work, and fractions, and, and certain hip surgeries, and back surgery, emergency medicine, saving lives all day long. But look, they're practicing. The word that's missing is play. So we need to stop blaming the system yeah. and start looking in the mirror and saying that my body is the greatest healer. It will perform miracles by the minute. All it needs is the raw materials. Yeah. So there's a way for us to start really taking charge so that we're not that generation that could allow America, the great historic America, to slip through our fingers. Sorry to be a little long-winded on that, but not I felt that, that was a good little tea out. Yeah. This is our show. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can play you, your turn, my turn. You talk more, I talk more, you know, and I... I think you're on a roll there. And and by the way, people are always a bit taken aback when when they ask me, well, you know, have you gone for all your screenings? Have you done this? Have you done that? Oh, you sound a little sniffly. You should, um, you know, go get an antibiotic. Wait a second. How do you know that I have something that an antibiotic can take care of? And by the way, an antibiotic is going to stay in your body for two years. So I'm going to, you know, get my, my, my gallon of aloe vera juice, and I'm going to be drinking that. What do you mean? Well, what do you mean, what do I mean? It's a natural antibiotic. Oh, what, what do you mean? It's, it, you mean the, the plant? No. Yes, the plant, the juice derived from the plant. The studies out of University of Wisconsin and Madison that found that when we give this to the cows, we don't need to give them antibiotics to keep them infection-free and not give us infected milk. I don't drink cow's milk anymore, by the way. I used to love it like a little maniac, uh, like the Dairy Queen. Um, and and now, you know, I, I don't do that. I don't, I don't add more to me that's going to mucus me up and make me stuffy and yucky and needing all that stuff. So people are a little bit taken aback. But, you know, the, the events that I've done – in the name of authentic holistic well-being, with um, my one of my business partners, um, Dr. Mark Levy, who's an MD, PhD, physician, chemist, and a Tibetan monk, Lama Lab Singh, really from Tibet, 
born and raised and was the high priest at his monastery until he was kidnapped by the Chinese army, held captive until he escaped, and then walked for months with two other prisoners until he got to India. This is a huge story. The three of us at these events. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's very impactful. People come to learn about Build the Strength Within, and they have no idea what they're walking into. And I let them get familiar at the beginning. Of, you know, we're just schmoozing and, and all that at the beginning of the event, networking with each other. And then I, I say to them, you know, I heard you guys complaining a little bit. How's your day? Oh, Yvette, you know, my dishwasher, I can't get it right. What kind of, you know, I ran out of Cascade, and what do you do? I know, and my kid needs a pair of sneakers, and they want the... I don't know if I should get the Air Jordans or the Nike. And, you know, my husband, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what he did yesterday. He didn't bring me flowers. And it was Friday. And, you know, I let him go on and on. And then I say, oh, that's too bad. That's a, just a rough life, you know. So maybe we can turn everybody around here. So, <clears throat> Lama, can you tell us, how did you get to America? And 30 minutes later, when everybody's sobbing, because they feel we are so flipping blessed here. This man walked how far, seriously, through the Himalayan mountains? Lama, you're with two other gentlemen from the prison. How many pairs of shoes did you have? Oh, we didn't have any shoes. We had two pairs of sandals between the three of us. Was wintertime? Yes. Did you have coats, mittens, hats, scarves? No. What were you wearing? What we were wearing when we left there? What was that? What we came in there with? How did you How did you manage? Yoga. What? Right here. You know, in frog voice. What did you eat? Did you have any food? No food. How did you eat? Oh, pick up a snow. Melt. Pine needle. Soup. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean the whole story. I do the frog voice pretty good when I really get rolling on it because I'm used to his. But uh, seriously, then people are saying to him, well, Lama, since you've been in this country, what do you do for health insurance and, you know, like taking care of yourself? And he, and he again, he pounds his chest and he says, my health care is right here. I am, a, I am a yogi. I am a healer. I am a Tibetan healer. And he takes the power of his mind and he can take any situation. We're talking about what's going on in America here, what's been going on in Tibet for generations. You know, we're on the last Dalai Lama now. There's not going to be another one. We're talking about protecting our freedoms. I use them as one of my many examples of what I don't want to have see happen to our freedoms because we're just thinking we're just going along. It's just another day. It's just another thing. No. We can't afford to be cavalier about anything, not our health, not our attitude, not our freedoms, not what's happening in our country. We are here, Ron and I are here to say, freedoms matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love that. I, I love the snow and the pine needle. That sounds, <laughs> sounds pretty, uh, pretty minimalist, pretty yeah. minimalistic, but sounds kind of tasty, I guess, if you do it right. You want to go for a uh, retreat, you know, we'll bring me along. <laughs> Right, just put it everywhere. Well, yeah, I, I would say that it, it's not becoming of us to blame the system and not take responsibility. The more we want to blame the system, the less empowered we are. That's right. So, if you're blaming the system and, oh, they're doing this and they charge that and they, you know, you know, 
properly prescribed medicine is the third leading cause of death and you do all this counting, all of a sudden you take the sword out of your own hands. You know, we all need to consider that the body is this miracle, perhaps more powerful than the assemblance of the top 50 doctors on the planet. No, no disrespect, no. but the body is in it. It's inexplicable. All it needs are the raw materials and the key is to make our health a habit and not an event. Yeah. And if, Society has made it very event-driven, but maybe more habitual, you know, along the way. I look back thousands of years ago and looked at these people, what they believed in health, and of course they didn't have a belief because they didn't have junk food. They just picked the food. They had the original fast food. They picked it and they ate it, you know, and so <laughs> they, would, they would look at food in the fast and call it folk wisdom, but they would look at a carrot, and they would cut a carrot, and they would look at the carrot and go, oh, that carrot looks just like an eye, right? It's looking yeah. at me, and they believe that carrots will dip the eyes, or the walnut is a little miniature brain, and I the walnuts for brain foods, and, and a tomato, when you slice a tomato, there, there's an exactness to the heart, exactness, by the way. Uh, avocados for women, which are swollen seeds from blossom to ripe at 40 weeks, like the term of a pregnancy. And if you just call it folk wisdom, but you can really get lost in the science of that. What I just shared with you, because the science is there to back those those uh, assumptions that nature is nutritionally complicated, so we don't have to be. Um, and so when I when my head hits the pillow at night, I you know that brings a lot of empowerment because it could be confusing out there in today's world to understand how to be healthy and how to have a healthy state of mind and a healthy spirit and a healthy body and you know all those things that we need right now. Because I think that the, the question I always gauge, are you healthy? Here's the question. Can you endure a crisis tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And a healthy person is going to say, yeah, bring it on. Let's go. A, a person who's not really healthy is going to go, oh, you know, they're going to panic mm-hmm. because their body is speaking to them that we're not ready for this kind of thing. Very important. Hugely important. And, you know, <clears throat> I, I love it that our, our conversation is taking the travel that it is because when we're talking about attitudes, uh, when we're talking about behaviors and habits, you know, friends, we can't get a grip on anything psychologically or physically unless we are taking in the right nutrition to feed our mind so that we are relaxed and we're clear and we can think critically about what are our choices. If you get drunk every day and you think you're going to eat healthy the next morning, probably not because you're not in your right mind making your right choices. You're grabbing at things because your body is saying, please help me recover. If you, if you are just ignoring what it is that you're doing, you know, you're, you're going you're gonna to suffer. You are suffering and paying the price. Everything that we are talking about on this daily show is about being here now and wanting to be strong, wanting to pay attention. What is the news for you? You matter. What is your state of health? What is your state of mind? What do you want to do with where it is that you are at right now? What are the choices for your freedom today? Mm, I love that. Um, and by the way, those are probably the silver lining in all of this quarantine and what's been going on is questions like that. You know, being able to have enough time to reflect upon who we are again, 
who we lost in ourselves, yeah. you know, who we gain and, and regaining who we are, because the only successful you is the authentic you. Uh, the only sustainable you is the authentic you. When we're being truly who we are, that in itself is life-giving. It's when we're being someone that we're not, that we lose our, we get shortness of breath because we just don't feel comfortable in our own skin. So um, I'm a big believer that self-worth, self-esteem have a lot to do with living center point to your truth. You know, we see people who just ooze with self-worth and they just ooze with attraction. They're so happy. And we want to quickly judge them and say, oh, they were raised with a silver spoon. Not true. Usually the only difference between that person and the rest of us is they've chosen to go center point to their purpose and their dreams and their truth because energy doesn't lie. We sometimes want to fake it and poker face people. It doesn't work. Those kind of things go by the wayside. They don't sustain and people see it and feel it. But when we go back to, you know, truly our purpose where we're now inspired, we're not looking for motivation anymore. Motivation, in my opinion, is not a bad word. It's just for the uninspired. When you're inspired, you can't be stopped. You, you know, think of, I mean, think of the times in your life, uh, Deb, that you were inspired. You know, for me, I think of that first crush I had on that girl in high school. And, and then nothing could stop me. I'd get up early. I'd bounce to school walking and I'd deliver flowers. And nothing could stop me because I was just in a zone of, like, life. And yeah. there was not even, I, I'm telling you, I just, people, what's going on with Ron? Oh, he has a crush on Linda. Or the first time we buy a car. Yeah. You know, you work two jobs, you work three, and you're the employee of the month, and you're there early, and you stay late, and all of a sudden you're like, well, this guy was a lazy guy three months ago. Now he's like, a month. Well, when you're inspired, you can't be stopped. The first time we buy a car, yeah. or a mother who steps up for his or for her children, man, all of a sudden, get out of the way, because when we're inspired, we can't be stopped. But when we live outside of our troops, outside of our passions, outside of our gifts, and we just breathe and survive, now we're looking for motivational courses over the weekend by which we leave on Friday, we spend several hundred dollars, we come back Monday with no voice and no money, back to the same square. So to me, it's about being inspired, and the inspired can't be stopped. And I happen, we'll get into it as we go, but I happen to actually teach people how to truly be inspired right now and make that sustainable for a lifetime. They don't have to be spikes in your lifeline. All right. You can't just say that and then back off. You got to give us a little bit of something. I mean, that was a nice little item on the menu, but now we've got the taster. <laughs> well, you know, to be true, and, 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 and I like to share this in a very intimate setting. So if you're watching this right now, just sit back for a minute okay. because this is uh, what I'm about to share changed my entire life, you know, from a kid who was raised by a single mom in poverty, never knew he was poor, to somebody who figured out, you know, his power in spite of himself and and unapologetically stepped into it, struggled many days stepping into it, still do. But I figured out what self-worth is. I figured out that self-worth and inspiration are intertwined. So here's how it happened. I'll tell the short version. I was doing one of my trainings around the world. They're called the U of you, Y-O-U, you of you. And as I was going through the day, you know, there was a teenage girl sitting next to her mother. And I'm always really sensitive when the kids come because it's funny because the parents will pull me aside, Dr. Deb, and you know this better than I do, actually. The parents will come up to me and say, I have my teeth. 
teenager here, you know, so be careful. And then halfway through the training, the parents are a mess and the kid is totally getting it, you know. <laughs> it's so funny. The kid's like, I got it. You know, it's the parent who's all jacked up. Yeah, so, right, exactly. But, but, and I but do, was, I, I do get it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. What was cute about this day was this little girl at one point raised her fragile little shy, meek self, her hand, and she said, what is self-worth or self-esteem? And, and I wasn't ready to answer this. I just kind of said, well, it's what you think of yourself. And, you know, I just, I, I wasn't prepared. And yeah. Typically, I like to really dive in. So I went home that night, as I often do, and I rehearsed the whole day, and I got to that point, and I'm like, oh, that was horrible. So I spent time thinking my own opinion. I'm not yeah. saying I'm right. I'm the word. I'm not. I bet look. you gave her a lot of value, but you were wanting to be over the top and give her a lot. I wanted to have a break to there because I because yeah. I thought it was an important question. Yeah. So here's what I came up with. Okay. Kids, when you ask a child what they want to be when they grow up, they'll say anything because they can. They don't edit it. They just believe. They trust. They love. They they forgive. They're resilient. They don't see color. They don't see wealth. They just see people. Okay. And but when a kid is little, they never doubt their dreams. And when I talk about dreams, we're not talking about Tooth Fairy and Easter Bunny. We're talking about your intimate relationships. We're talking about your career and your money. We're talking about your physical being and how you look and feel. We're talking about your spirituality, truly, something bigger than you. And then we're talking about how you interact with your community. A lot of people complain about their community, but they don't want to do something about it. So these kinds of dreams, a kid is is born into them. And then all of a sudden, teenage years. Uh, so that, that first friendship falls apart. Oh, backstabber. That first crush breaks your heart. Ah, now all of a sudden you're separated from your dreams, and you're like, what just happened? Yeah. Now I'm just breathing and proving to the world what a great survivor I am. And my smile lines are starting to change to frown lines. And now I'm faking it until I make it. And I, I don't even know what happened because they're suffering from dream separation. And during dream separation, and there are people watching this show who are still suffering it from it. Oh, yeah. But during dream separation, what happens? Crazy things happen. People who suffer from dream separation suffer, suffer from low self-worth because they're not living in their worth. They're not in their sweet spot. Right. So they suffer from lesser relationships, lesser money, poor diets. They hold themselves small because they don't understand their value yet. So, and so this person who's separated is breathing, looking for motivation. Oh, please, I need a motivational course. It's like a Band-Aid. Yeah. So what it is, is to get back, is you just need to now sit back and write down, truly, what your juiciest relationship goals are, you know, with that special someone or that best friend or those children or your parents or your neighbors, and then write down physically how you want to look and feel, and then write down uh, financially, what your career goals and what you want to earn, because there's trillions of dollars out there and it ain't running from you. So figure that out. And then number four, what you want to have spiritually, something where you are large and in charge, where the, the spirit is large and the body is small. And I'm not here preaching a religion. I'm preaching an intangible form of health, an intangible form of happiness. And then finally, number five, it's that, that community thing. Well, you say, this is what I want to do in my community. And I'm really passionate about elderly, and I'm going to go serve elderly once a month where there's nothing there for me. 
And all of a sudden, you wake up and you're doing it. You're, you're thinking about it now. Like, woo! So if you're thinking about it, it just means you start talking about it. You start talking about it. You start working inside of it. You start working inside. You start creating results around it. Now you're inspired and you wake up with these happy people. And these are the people. They light up like Christmas trees that people want to marry and make babies with and go into business with. And the party doesn't start until they arrive. And these are the very people we judge. Think, oh, they were given a silver spoon. Uh Uh-uh. They just step center point to their vision and their purpose. And that in itself is inspiration. And some days it slips. You just get right back in it. So if you want to know the difference between motivation and inspiration, one is more of a bandage and one is just, man, it's a sustainable attraction is what it is. I love that because what was happening to me while you were holding up your hands, and I'll explain this to the people who are listening and not seeing the video. First of all, if you're getting the audio, you need to watch the video because it's twice as entertaining. But for those of you who are just hearing it, put your hands together. And when Ron is talking about, you know, verse through the steps, he's going from the thumbs to the little fingers. And here's what the, the thought running through my mind was. When you say, give a guy a hand, come on, give me a hand. This is the hand. Yeah. This is the hand. And everything that you were saying there, and I had never thought of motivation as being the Band-Aid, because you're right, I, but I never thought of it. And I was insulted. Somebody said that I was a motivational speaker, and I said, I'm not really a motivational speaker. I'm here to help you ignite and inspire. You know, you've got to get it. It's got to come from within. So if I'm a motivator, what do you, what do you like? I'm, I'm like a cheerleader. I, I tried to be a cheerleader. When I was in high school, I went out for tryouts. There was a boy that I had a big crush on sitting in the audience during tryouts, and they said, okay, Deb, go, you know, do the cheer. And I just stood there frozen, staring at him, thinking, he's really here. Oh, my gosh, he's really here. And then everybody said, okay, we're going to give you a second time. Go. And I said, yeah, I can't do it. I wanted to date him and come to the games together. I didn't want to be the cheerleader. There was something about it that was a disconnect for me. And I've never wanted to be described as a motivator ever since. I don't want to be a Band-Aid. I want people to understand, build the strength within. Everybody has got this beautiful inner core. And, and you're right about dream separation. I never thought about it. But when we are separated from that, it's it's tragedy. But Listen to this. This is the best part. I love this idea. And here's what I was thinking about what you're talking about. Esther Hicks, Abraham Hicks. All right, people say, oh, this is a little kooky. I don't really care. Esther Hicks is somebody who has Abraham living through her. And when she talks, she talks about wonderful things that are very accurate. So listen to this. If you're in dream separation, if you're wondering where's your mojo at, then you are living in the contrast. This is a blessing, friends. If you're living in the contrast, you think, I'm I'm so miserable. I can't get out of this. I feel shunken. It's icky. Okay, great. Say thank you because you're living in the contrast of where you want to be, which means you see where you want to be. Now, how do you get from here to there? You can't do it in the snap of the fingers. doesn't happen like that. You win the lottery, everything is different, then you're happy? No. You take a vacation, you land on Maui, and then you're happy? No. Why? Because your stinking thinking traveled with you. You have got to get into your right mind, 
in your right spirit. And then no matter where you were at, it, just like Voltaire said in the 1400s, paradise is where you are. It is within you. So your inspiration comes by just a glass of water, feed the garden that is your innerness, and blossom because you're letting it grow and develop. That's what we're talking about here. In the midst of Corona, Barona, Ferona, in the midst of protest and unrest and uncivilized civilization, we have to be loving ourselves. Because when we are of a frequency that is high and happy, then that spills out over to everyone. We may not feel it, but it's happening. We can't get down and dumpy. We've got to believe and hang on to those beliefs and, 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 and be inspired to touch everybody in our midst. That's what Ron and I are doing on the air. There's 12 and a half million people who come to Blog Talk Radio, and we want to touch all of them. We need to call Blog Talk Radio and get them to put us all over the place. I mean, this needs to be out there everywhere. We need to be on a loudspeaker in communities, letting people hear this messaging and delivering calm and frequencies that are going to, you know, quell the anger and the, the, the angst and the fear and get people inspired by what all can be. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love what you just said um, because – a lot of people want to be victims right now. They really do. They want to kind of use that as a back door. Like, I've got enough evidence. They collect these victim stories. They collect evidence in society, on politics, on the news, and, and the economy, and everything, on their families. Yeah. You know, they collect the evidence, and they carry these evidence around like an ant- like they're antiques, you know. <laughs> and, they, and they walk around with them, and they say, this is why I suffer. This is why I'm not wealthy. This is why people hold me small. It's because I hold myself small. But remember that the, the word responsible is not about duty. It's not about obligation. It's about painting. You see, um, respond, victim means things happen to me. Responsible means things happen through me. And so right now is a great time, to your point, Debbie, to have people come out of this, this quarantine, this COVID, whatever the heck we're going through, this political thing, uh, the unrest. They need to, we all need to come out better than when we went in. We can't yeah. come out worse. Okay? Yeah. Our children can't see us survive. I mean, survival skills are okay, but just not a lifestyle. Right. And so if we look at our children, we talk about living inside of our dreams and our purposes, the things that we love to do. Our kids need to see us doing things that we love. Absolutely. They need to see us alive because they love that. Man, my kids, they will point things out about me that I'm like, oh, my gosh, I thought they couldn't see that. Dad, you're so happy when, and Dad, we love it when you... You know, and they, they tell me these things, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. The smallest little thing that they notice, and energetically it feeds their little soul. And so this is a great time to show our children how to live, not how to die. Yes. Uh, how to be inspired, not motivated. Motivation is not sustainable. When you watch a sporting event, there's always a color commentator and a commentator. Yeah. Once in a while, the color commentator will say, oh, Michael Jordan has taken over the game. He is just plain inspired. They'll use that word sparingly. And inspired in that context means can't be stopped. Motivated means, hey, I got in shape. I'm going to go play for my contract for my paycheck. That's 
that's motivation. It's not inspired. Inspired is life-giving. It's contagious. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's inexplicable at times. It can be spiritual. It can be physical. It can be monetary things. It could be intimate things, you know. But being inspired is the key. So uh, I, I truly believe that the inspired cannot be stopped. I absolutely agree. I know that times when when I've been faced with something that was huge, uh, there was there was only one option, and that was to take action because it was a wrong that needed to be righted or it was something that I absolutely needed to accomplish. And there was nothing that could stop me. And and there would be people on the path who would say, what do you need to do that for? You know, like, why does that matter? What? Why does it matter? Why does it matter? <laughs> what are you kidding? What do you mean, why does it matter? I, I, it matters. And that's the that's the point of the show. This matters. We matter. Freedom matters. Why? It Because it does. Because I want to get up in the morning and know that I can go wherever I want, however I want, with whomever I want. I can, I can recraft my, my life, my finances, my business. I, can, I, can, I have choice over anything and everything. Don't, don't. The First Wives Club. I watched it again the other night with Bette Midler, Goldie Hawn, and uh, uh, shoot, there's a third actress on it. I, my, forgive me for not remembering your name off the top of my head. And it was spectacular. And they sing this song, Don't Tell Me What to Do. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, yes! I was laying back and I was just kind of tired and I. I sat up on my couch and I started singing, yeah, don't tell me. And I thought, you know, this is freedom. That is freedom. Don't tell me what to do. I am an American. I was born here. I was raised here. I love the United States of America. I do not want people, God bless everybody, but please, don't tear down our history. Let's not forget from whence we came and erase it. Let's learn from where we came. How about if instead of taking monuments down, let's talk about the additional monuments to put up. How about if we have parks of contrast? This is what used to happen, and look at what's happening now. Don't, don't make it disappear. That's why, that's why I could never understand for the longest time. Why, why in the world did we leave the concentration camps up, like Auschwitz and Dachau in, in Germany? Why did we leave those up? They're so horrible. Why didn't we burn them down, dismantle them, and build condos there? Well, first of all, because it's not good energy to build upon. But secondly, if we forget our history, we are doomed to repeat it. Doomed. We have to learn from it and love through well, it. it. Change the context a little bit because think about it. You know, back in those days, I, I'd imagine the people who were, made monuments of or whatever, they didn't know what they didn't know back then, and they were doing what they were doing, and right. we can't judge that we weren't there. And look, it sounds like there were some things that weren't very just, and so we all want to do something about it, but. Turning down history.
history is not doing something about it. Making history is. But what if all of a sudden the role has changed? And the people tearing it down, we make a monument of the head tear downer, you know, yeah, and then right. and then fifty years from now, sixty years from now, a bunch of people of a different color tear those down. Yeah. You know. Um, it, it just makes it's a cycle that we don't want to repeat because what you resist persists. Yeah. It's put our energy on what we want, not what we don't want. Yeah. And that's the only way to do it. So um, it's heartbreaking and, and look and I'm I'm compassionate towards all color, but I'm just compassionate towards people. There's good people, there's good hearts, there's people that are less than good at this point in their lives for whatever their reasons might be, but this isn't a color issue. And right now I feel like it's the fourth year, it's an election year, and it's a color issue. Yeah. And that's I, I, and that's no accident, by the way. So yeah. it, there's a reason why we have this leap year love every four years where politicians are racially dividing us when we it's the last thing we need. Yeah. We, need we need unification right now. We need brotherhood. We need sisterhood. This is a time we should be growing with each other, not shrinking. And uh, it's really hard to watch. You know, I'm I'm so <clears throat> painfully aware that our awareness is directed towards everybody's demographics. When 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 I was growing up, it was just not what we did. We didn't talk about one another's differences. It was just, this is my friend. This is, it just was a different era. And right now, I hear people talking about, I'm going to avoid, if I see that demographic, if I see that demographic, and I'm telling you, I'm hearing people in many different groups, racial, age, religious, political, it it just is so hard. It, 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 it really, it hurts my heart the way that we, we have to come together. Oh, no, you're muted. I can't hear you. I thought you were. I thought you were talking sign language. No, uh, I'm going to cut right through that because we're all so worried right now more than ever to be politically correct, and and we, we can't walk on eggshells because all of a sudden we become more obvious. You know, yeah. we become sensitive to things that we we didn't need to be sensitive to because we already loved people in general. And so, I, you know, there's some there's some dumb, ignorant, dark white people. There's, there's, there's dumb, ignorant, dark black people, Latin people, Asian people. This isn't about color. This is about whoever can unify the most wins. It's not whoever can divide the most. It's not whoever can keep the best score because we, we can't change the color of our skin. None of us can. We can't change it. We can't all of a sudden be politically perfect. We can't. What we can do is coexist together and learn from each other, and there's going to be a few a-holes along the way. There are going to be. I get it. But how do we get there if we don't, if we're, if we're being divided, we're fighting, and we're all of a sudden we're spotting a certain race like it's an alien site. You know, it can't be like that. Be like that. I remember um, as a child, there were some kids who were bullies, and 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 I, I felt really proud of my school and my parents because when they were bullies, 
They were given the corrections. And kids were rarely suspended from school. You you had to go and sit, like, closer to the teacher. That, and that, yeah, that is a punishment, right? In fourth grade, you're coming up here sitting next to me. Um, and, my, and my parents' sensitivity was, these are these are kids who are in trouble, and and they don't know what to do about it, because children are. I love the book by Dorothy Law Nolte that I've mentioned before. It started out as a poem. Children learn what they live. Uh, Maya Angelou reechoed that when she said, "People will forget what you said. They'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel." So, you know, children understand that they end up with this feeling. They don't know what all the words mean, but they know how they feel. And when they feel angry, they come and they see the kid who whatever, you know, goodness gracious knows what the triggers are, but they blast off on. We've got all this blasting off taking place. I'm worried about all those people. Even if they are paid protesters, even if they are paid writers, I'm worried about them because I don't believe they're sleeping or eating right. I don't believe that they're in a relaxed place in their mind. Their adrenaline is way over the top when they're out in the streets creating chaos. You're not in a right state at that point. You're damaging your anatomy and your physiology. It's not an athletic event. It's an aggressive damaging. You're, you're damaging your own self with everything we need to take care of one another. You know, all, all I can say is that all that's going on with this is not helping. Maybe no. I'm just alone in my opinion, but that's what I'm not. observing, it's not helping. I think people are profiling people more than they ever have. It's my observation. We're looking at race now, like this person's from Mars and this person's from Neptune and this person's from Saturn. and right. you know That's how we're doing it. And it's because we're in an election year. And it bothers me because when we're left our own Ourselves. Most of us, we get along pretty good. All of us have something still to learn. I get it. Yeah. But man, I just feel like right now it's not getting better, folks. Uh, no offense, it's getting worse. You know, when we have to plead that we matter, we probably are holding ourselves smaller than God holds us because every person matters and somehow we tripped over each other getting here. And I take responsibility for that. I don't blame anybody. But, man, we sure tripped over ourselves getting here. Yeah, I I really feel very conscious when I say all lives matter because it inflames people who want to say black lives matter. I actually, that was not a newsflash for me. I was raised knowing that Black Lives Matter. But I was also raised knowing that life matters and that it's sacred. And here's the part that's that's really heart heart tugging, heart wrenching, heart breaking is that if what we want to do is isolate any group, that group is then discriminated against and discriminating against all others. And that's the thing that we want to get away from. We want to have unification. We want to come together 
and recognize the differences and the beauties that we all have. I don't like it when any group discriminates against another group. You know, I'm a, I don't want to be mom my grandparents. They're too old. Well, wait a second. I, you know, I, let's just have the girls because I can't stand the guys. I don't want to be around guys. All right, if you want to do something just females, but do we have to discriminate against the men? I mean, I quite frankly don't want to discriminate against them <laughs> at all. Uh, but the point is, or I can't stand when kids are around. That blows my mind more than any others because they'll say, you remember you were one once, right? No, I really don't remember. Well, okay, spend about a half hour with me. I'll get you remember being a child. The point is to embrace allness, oneness, together, unity. Isn't that what we want to do? Yeah, and any time any race or any color has to draw attention to themselves that they matter, then clearly the rest of us have failed them at some level. I think of when I was a little boy being raised in a black community didn't bother me. I, I was profiled all the time. I, I, I was the minority, and I, I kind of got an idea of what it feels like. But what I also learned was that not all black people, you know, made fun of me, made fun of me or whatever because I was white or this or that. Um, but whenever any color has to draw attention that they matter, it just means the rest of us somehow failed somewhere. And the only thing we can do is look in the mirror and say, okay, let's let's move on. But, man, what you resist persists. Let's not make it so politically this, that, or the other that we're all afraid to even move or say any two words of just of laughter or joking. I love to joke, you know, and so we can't even joke these days. Uh, it's so serious. So, you know, I, I don't know. I think, I, think we're, I think we're, when the election's probably over, a lot of this is going to go away as it does every four years. We'll see. Well, I know we're coming to the end of our time. I can't believe how fast it flies by. Can you? Yeah. And when I say we'll go back, it'll all go away. What I mean is that we'll go back and we'll work on our relationships. We'll work on our racial harmony uh, like we have for the last few decades. And I think we've made great, significant progress. I do too. So how do we want to leave this audience today until we're back here tomorrow to give them more? Well, I'm going to give them something really positive right now, and that is, look, if you're looking for a starting point right now, we cannot create and sustain our dreams uh, stepping over our health to get there. So what I would say is stop, lay down your weapons of war and stop fighting disease. What you resist is going to persist. Start embracing health. It's all around. You get some fresh air. We'll talk about this in another episode. Okay. Talk about how to embrace health, but just start embracing health so that you're ready for what come what may. So you're ready, you're large and in charge, you're whole and complete, and you're fearless. Because a lot of people right now are on the verge of dying of fear, and that's not how we live. And we're going to live our lives out, we're going to live our dreams, we're going to be inspired, because the inspired cannot be stopped. So. I love it. I can't think of a more pleasant way to close out this episode of You Matter, Freedom Matters, and say peace and love and harmony no matter how corny it sounds, it's the truth, and it feels good. On that note, I'd like to thank my co-host, Ron Williams, for taking time to be here today. This is thank your, you. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. This is Dr. Deb Carlin here at the K-Factor on Blog Talk Radio, where K equals kindness, and the factors are all the things that lead to it. When we're back here tomorrow, why don't you come back and tell us what your factors are? 
we'd like to hear that lead to the kindness. So on that note, peace out. Take care.